Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here. Now, now, let's get started. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to tonight's live stream. Uh, again, I just want to check because we're not using all the fancy technology today that the stream's going through. And there we go, everything's working fine. So I trust everyone's going to connect. We'll give them a few more minutes. It's just gone six o'clock. Trust you had a good afternoon, had a, got a bit of a, a, a rest. Uh, enjoyed the nice sunshine we had today and the nice warm weather. It was a beautiful day for the middle of winter. Guys, tonight we're going to talk from victim to victor. So we, we're carrying on on the same theme and we're just going to touch on a few scriptures tonight just to show you who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so often people, they, they um, walk around um, with a defeated mentality, uh, with a defeated attitude. And, they, you know, it, it's that they, if you talk to them, they, you know, how bad things are, how life is always against them, how it's a battle. And, and again, I'm not saying you're not going to face those things, but we know in the midst of those things who we are, then we're willing to fight, we're willing to stand, we're willing to push back. But when you walk around with a defeatist attitude, you just give in. You just accept it. You, you think it's the status quo. That's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to stay. And it doesn't have to be that way. So that's what we, we, we're touching on. And, and the, the, the last two services in this service are, is to change the way that you think. That you know that certain things that you have, that you think in line with those, that you're not in death, you're in life. Um, you know, and, and, and what we uh, spoke about this morning, um, where you're not a slave, you're a king. <laughs> and, and you've got to start thinking like that. And, and again, I'm not saying a king that we rule over everybody and you tell your whole family what to do and your aunts and your uncles, I'm in charge. No, that's not what it's about. It's about in your circumstances. It's about what you're dealing with. It's about in your sphere of influence. At work, you know, you're not going to go into your boss's office and say, I'm the king here now, this is my office. No, it's about, you know, exercising that authority and, and, and being a blessing in that place. And it's the same tonight. You, you can't live your life like a victim. You've got to start living like a victor because it, unless you make that shift in your mentality, you will always be beaten down. If you think that everything that has happened to you is this one's fault or that one's fault and nothing could be done you're mistaken there's always a way out there's always a way to overcome when you're born again god has always made a way to walk in the victory now sometimes you've got to spend a bit of time to find it and you've got to meditate and you've got to think and you've got to pray in tongues and 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 you really got to if i could put it like this link up with the spirit of god that is within you and get a, a better understanding of the situation but there's always a way to overcome there's, there's nothing that, is, that comes against us that is greater than the victory that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if it was, the cross and the resurrection would be null and void. So, let's get into it. From victor to victim. Get your notes out. We're going to start in 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to read from verse 4 to 5. And before we do that, I'm just going to pray quickly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word we're going to receive tonight. Lord, I thank you that... Holy Spirit, you'll speak through me, and Lord, that their hearts will be open to hear what you want to say to them. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's have a look at 1 John chapter 5. Now, I know you know all these scriptures, 
and you can probably quote them, but let's just go through them because it's good to think in line with this. So it says in verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And that word world is the word cosmos. It's not age. It's different. Sometimes the world is the age, but cosmos is the systems and everything around about us. And notice what he says in verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And who are you born of? How were you born again? You're born of God. You're God's sons. So, therefore, you overcome the world. But it, it doesn't say whosoever. It says whatsoever. What else is born of God? The Word. The Word overcomes the world. You overcome the world. You and the Word together are undefeatable. You know, it's kind of like, if I could put it like this, um, have you ever seen tag team wrestling? And they take the two strongest guys in the WWE and they, 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 they tag team. And I know it's fake and all acted out, but they're unstoppable. Okay, And it's the same. When you team up with the Holy Spirit, when you team up with the Word of God, you and the Word together and with the Holy Spirit showing you how to operate in that Word and what to do with the Word, you're undefeatable. Yes, opposition is going to come, but you're going to know how to deal with it and you're going to overcome everything that comes around about you. So it says uh, in verse 5, Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. That's how we receive our salvation. When we believe in Jesus, our Messiah. When we believe in Jesus, the Christ. When we believe that he died and he rose again. When we believe that, what, is, what happens? We overcome the world. We have the victory of everything that is going on around about us. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. You see, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So again, it comes down to faith. We need, we operate in the realm of faith. We've got to believe in what God has done for us. That is our victory. That is our victory. It's not what we do. It's based on what He's done. And yes, yes, we've got to do. You know, because you've got to be doers of the word. But you do it from a position of victory. You don't do it to get it. You do it because you got it. Because in that situation, you have the victory. You're not fighting for the victory. You're fighting from victory. If I could put it like this, you're applying the victory that you have. You know, when sickness comes against your body, it's healing is it belongs to you. You have healing. Okay? And healing... Is not my body is well now. now. Now I'm in healing. Healing is a force that, that emanates from the Spirit of God. And that healing, I have it. So when sickness comes against my body, I apply the healing that I have. I apply that power into my body. That the, the, by, by the Spirit of God, it brings life into my body. That healing overcomes the sickness and the disease that I'm suffering. And you just keep applying it. It's just, you know... How many people, when they go to the doctor, they get a course of antibiotics, and even when they start feeling better, they know they've got to finish that antibiotics. But how many people, when you say apply the Word of God, will apply it for a week, maybe two weeks. If it's something serious, they'll do it maybe for a month. But because they're not seeing results, they just stop doing it. But yet with medicine, they'll take it, and if the medicine's not working, they'll go back to the doctor, and he'll prescribe something else or something stronger, and they keep taking the medicine. You know, the Word of God works. You might not be seeing results, but keep applying it all the time. And, and you know, it's, it's one thing I've learned 
in life, sometimes progress is slow. And you don't actually see yourself making progress because your steps are so small. But if you just carry that momentum, before you wipe your eyes out, you're so much further. And it's the same sometimes with healing. You're making that progress. Things are changing. But keep that momentum going. Don't, don't, don't take your foot off the accelerator. And you overcome that sickness. You overcome that disease. It's not if or maybe you will. It's a certainty. And, you know, you can't do it because I'm telling you it's a certainty. You've got to know in your heart that when I'm doing this, when I'm applying the word to my situation, whether it be for healing, whether it be for prosperity, whether it be for anything, you've got to know in your heart that what I'm doing is effective and it's working. You've got to believe it. If you don't believe it and you're just going to do it, the doing doesn't bring the victory. The doing is based in the faith in the victory that we have. And, and, and that's key to your Christian walk. So many people would say, you know, do this. Let me put it like this. We believe in confession. But confession has almost become a religion in the body of Christ. Because we've been taught it so much that we can do it out of habit. And it's not the confession that brings me the victory. It's because I have the victory, I can confess certain things. And then I manifest it in the physical realm. But I already have that victory. I already have healing. You know, just because you're sick doesn't mean you don't have healing. You have that force within you, within your spirit, that will override what the enemy is trying to do to your body. You have the blessing of God on you. And the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow. What, what God said to the nation of Israel, to the Jews, I have given you the power to get wealth. Pierre ministered on that in the offering last week, Sunday. He's given us the power to get wealth. I have it. So I don't, I'm not confessing to get it because my situation is, is contrary to the word of God and I need to get something from God. I must believe that I've got it, even though I don't see it in the physical, even though I don't see the victory in the physical, even though I haven't overcome yet in the physical, I've got to know that I have it in the spiritual. And therefore, I apply it through my words. I'm taking it from the inside and I'm expressing it on the outside. I'm, I'm, how can I put it? I'm injecting it into that situation because your words carry power. Your words carry what's in your heart. So just maybe the sermon's going a whole different direction now but, but let's go on a side journey just because you're saying the right things but if you don't believe it it's not carrying that power if you're saying it in fear you might be saying the same the right words they sound good but the force that they carry with them into that situation is still fear is still doubt and is still unbelief that's why it's got to be done in faith and faith believes faith has received what God has made available and that's why confession works when it's based on faith. Because you, it's, the words are carrying the power that you have and interjecting it into that situation and changing that situation. In the spiritual realm, words got to work very, very quickly when they are transponders or, or carriers of the power that you have within you. So let's look at John 16, 33. Remember, we're talking from victim to victor. We're no longer victims. Yes, the enemy tries to come in. He goes about like a roaring lion, seeking to those he may destroy. But we don't have to give him to him. He might come across your path, but you don't have to be scared of him. You, you can look him in the eye and know, you can, and, and know the victory is yours. You've got him. You've got his number. You, you've got it. So this is Jesus speaking in John 16.33. These things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. 
in the world you shall have tribulation. Okay, there, Jesus said it. I've told it to you, but there you see, it's in red. Jesus said it. And he said then, but when tribulation comes, fast and pray. And ask me to deliver you from that tribulation. No, he says, but be of good cheer. And, and yes, cheer, be, be happy, but it actually means to be of good courage. In other words, to take courage, to stand up. Why? He says, I have overcome that world. Whatever's coming against you, I've overcome it. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. Jesus says this, And everything I've taught to you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you. Man, that, that's powerful. You know, because Jesus was in the midst of the storm. And they were panicking. The sailors were panicking. The fishermen who knew how to transverse the storm were panicking. They were saying, this is it. It's the end. Jesus he, by, by natural trade, was a carpenter. He could make the boat, but he couldn't float the boat. He couldn't operate the boat. Yet he had the greatest peace in the midst of that storm. He had the greatest peace in the midst of that situation. You, you know, the only place we see him travail and everything is in the Garden of Gethsemane. But when he submitted to the will of God, and when he prayed that prayer, what Jason pray, uh, he spoke about in um, our prayer Bible study, the prayer of consecration, consecration and he and he said you know lord not your will but my will be done he says lord if by any means this cup can pass let let it pass but if not let your will be done and once he accepted that will he stood before Pilate. he had absolute peace absolute peace in that situation and and yari says the peace that is in him will be in us if we follow what is what is taught and then it says i'm just going to read it from the beginning and everything i've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. You see, come all you are heavy laden or heavy burdened and laden. And I will give you rest. Rest. We find rest in our Lord Jesus Christ. What does he, the book of Hebrews say? There's a rest that is available to us. And if those in the Old Testament had, had the word and it wasn't mixed with faith, couldn't enter in the rest... We've got to be so careful that we also don't fall short of what's available to us. And that rest is available to us. And you know what it means to be at rest? It means I'm a victor, not based on what I've done. I don't have to earn it. I can be at rest and have that, that peace that I am it, no matter what the situation is. I am a victor because of what Jesus has done for me. Gives you that peace and that rest. I was created a victor, not a victim. Amen. Uh, and then he carries on. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. He has conquered the world. And he didn't conquer the world just for him. He did it for us. So let's go to 1 John. And we're actually spending a lot of time in the uh, writings of John. Normally we spend a lot of time in the writings of Paul. But we're going to get to what Paul says a bit later. But 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 to 14. And, and, I, and I found this quite interesting. But let's read it and we'll get into it. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I've written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto, unto you young men, because you are strong, 
and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. It's amazing how Paul breaks this up. He writes to the children, he writes to the fathers, and he writes to the young men. And I don't believe it's necessarily physical age. I don't think he was writing to the children's church, then to the, 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 the I was going to say the old age home, but what is it, the, the senior citizens meeting, and then he was writing to the young adults. I don't believe that. I, I just believe that it's people who had just got born again. He's explaining, listen, your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, because they need to grow into it. And he's writing to the fathers because um, you have known him, that is from the beginning. They've built that relationship with, with, with God the Father. And he's writing to the young men and he's encouraging, encouraging them that you have overcome the wicked one, that you have that victory. It doesn't matter what you're going, you know, the wicked one might be coming against you, but you've overcome him. You have that victory. So he clearly makes it. And I want you to notice something. In both verses where he writes to you, the young men, he says, I'm just going to read it. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. You have overcome the wicked one. You have overcome the wicked one. And he does it again in verse 14. He says, I write unto you, young men, because you are strong. Not, I write unto you, you must try be strong. Try be strong in these troubled times. He says, I write unto you because you are strong. You are strong because of what Jesus has made you. And the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. It's all past tense. They, they, they own what Paul is writing. Or, or sorry, what John is, is highlighting to them. This is who you are. This is what you have. You have strength and you have the victory. You're not going in here in, in, a, in, a, in a weak state. And then God must come and intervene and lift you up. And strengthen you. You are strong. When you go into that situation, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the victory. You have the strength to do what is required to turn that situation around. You have it within you. You have whatever you're facing today, whatever you're facing tonight, you have the strength to go and 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 um, and enforce the victory that you have. You do it. Through the word of God. Because notice what he says. And the word of God abides in you. You know how often when we face certain things. You, you know it, it, it gets in our mind. And, and then it starts dominating our soul. And when it's in your soul it becomes an oppressive force. And, and it stops you from thinking on the word. It stops you from meditating on the word. You know you, you start thinking on the problem. And, and not just the problem. But the outcome of the problem. And if it doesn't get solved. This could happen. And if that happens. This happens. And if that happens. Then it cascades into this. And will lead to this. And there's, and there's so many situations. That you conjure up in your mind. But you keep the word of God there. And you say no. It's not going to turn out that way. When the enemy brings the thought. You cast it down. And you say no. It's impossible. That will never happen in my life. That Those kind of things don't happen to us. Because we're born again. We're new creations. We have the victory. And you know what? I might be going through this. But I'm going to overcome it. And when I overcome it. I'm coming out with more and better on the other side. My faith is going to be tried. And the trial of my faith is more precious than that of silver and of gold. I'm coming out. My faith is going to be purer. It's going to be stronger. It's going to be more effective. My, my trust in the Lord God. My confidence in what is done. Is, is going to be so much stronger. It's, it's going to be so much more. So I'm coming out of this better. I'm, you, you come in against me to stop you. But I am coming out of this Satan. With a, f a greater force to come against you. And your works. 
And that's the attitude we've got to have. Why? Because we're victors. We're overcomers. We're no longer victims. We've got to get out of that mentality. You know, it's, it's the, the world say, it's, it's a saying I've read that they have. They say, uh, uh, you know, if you've got a victim mentality, then stuff happens to you. But if you've got a victor's mentality, you say, I'm happening to the stuff. And it's a, just a different way of thinking about things. You know, your mindset is so important on this earth. The, the way that you think, your mentality, um, you, you know, not just the odd thought that you have. Well, I, I, I thought positive this morning. I thought about victory this morning. The rest of the day, I can't remember what I thought. It's a conscious decision in thinking in line with the Word of God. Right, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. Verse 3 to 6. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Um, and this is the, that, that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Let's stop there. Paul's not talking about an Antichrist that's going to come. He's talking about the spirit of Antichrist that's already in the world. And if it was in the world... When John was around, and Peter was around, and Paul was around, let me tell you, it's in the world now. It's not, it's, you know, there, there is the Antichrist, the, the figure that's going to come. But the spirit is already operating. And I know I sound like a bro broken record, but it's not anti-Bible. It's not anti-Jesus. It's not anti-church. It's not anti-the law. It's not anti-Jew. It's anti-Christ. Okay? Anti-Christ. And you know... You should know by now that Christ is talking about the anointing of God that functions through a man on the earth. Jesus is the head, we are the body, but we carry that anointing with us and it functions through us. So we are together, we are with Christ, we are one with Him. Okay, So it's anti-Christ, it's anti that relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because in that relationship, our faith is... And everything we have is based on what Jesus has done. The spirit of Antichrist takes you away from that. Because as soon as you walk away from that, you walk away from your victory. That's why, you know, what we ministered last week when, when we spoke about from death to life. Paul was so upset with the church in Galatia because now they want to go under the law. They want to be circumcised. They want to do this. And he says, hey, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? Was it through the works of the law? Or, 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 or was it through faith? How are miracles wrought among you? Is it because you keep the law? Or, or is it by the hearing of faith? It's by the hearing of faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing in Him. And, it's, and it's, you know, He said to them, Who's bewitched you? Or who's, who's come up with this trickery? Because it takes them away from what they have in the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it draws you and it focuses your attention on what you have to do. And as soon as you think you've earned it, now you're better because of what you've done. You're not part of that that fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to be so careful of that. And this is spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now is already it is in the world. Verse 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who is he talking about? The spirit of Antichrist. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he, that spirit, that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you then he, that spirit of Antichrist that is in the world, they are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knoweth God hears us. 
He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. He says we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You've got to have that confidence as well. That's not the, the message I want to bring across tonight. Um, but, you know, verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Um, because greater is he. Greater is he that is in you. Greater is the spirit of God that is in you than the spirit of Antichrist that is in the world. It's all around about us. I mean, like I said, if it was in uh, John's days, it, um, it's around now. If they were dealing with it and Peter was dealing with it and, and we know Paul was dealing with it, let me tell you, it's around now. And don't necessarily think that it's just at work in the sinners in the street. You know, the drunkards in the bar, the, the druggies in the nightclubs, um, the people roaming the streets, uh, the alcoholics, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Oh, yes, that's the enemy. He does do that. But you know where the spirit of Antichrist? Because notice, those people don't know Christ. So where does the spirit of Antichrist work? I'll leave you to think about that. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. <laughs> Verse 37. Nay, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature or creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. None of these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over all of them. Even in the midst of everything, we triumph over everything. doesn't matter what comes against you. Paul says, in the midst of it, you can be in the middle of it, in the middle of the storm, the biggest storm you've ever faced in your life, the biggest attack you've ever had from the enemy, far exceeding anything you've ever seen, you triumph in it. You're, you are the overcomer. We are more than conquerors in that situation. Why? Because He loved us. Not because of what we did, because He loved us. Because He made you a victor for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is our victory, even our faith. Bear that in mind. It's because of who He made us that we have this victory. Yet in the midst of all these things, we triumph over all of them. For God has made us. God has made us to be more than conquerors. He hasn't trained us. He hasn't said, Sean, you were a sinner, now I'm going to teach you to be a saint. I'm going to teach you how to live. Yes, and he does. He teaches us through the Holy Spirit, and we've got pastors, teachers, prophets, and they all build us. But he, they're not teaching us so we can become it, but because we've become it, because God has made us, they teach us who we are, not what we have to necessarily do. Yes, we do as of the Word, but they teach us who we are. And when we get a revelation of who we are, we change the way that we think and we change the way that we act. And our actions will change and our doing will change. It will line up with the Word of God. That's why James says, whoever looks in the law of the free man and continues therein will be blessed in all his deed. As long as you look in, remember what else he said before that. He says, otherwise you're like a, a, a man who looks in the mirror and goes his way and forgets what he looks at. He forgets who he is. But as long as you keep that Word, the law of the free man, 
what God has done through the Lord Jesus Christ, that victory that we have, as long as you think and, and think in line and keep that in front of your eyes. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to drive down the road with a Bible in front of your eyes like this. You know, you're going to crash the car. What does it mean? It means, I believe it's, it's your spiritual eyes or the, or the eyes of your understanding that when the situation comes, I'm not seeing the situation or myself through the situation. I'm seeing the situation through what God has made me. I'm a free man. I'm free from the dominion of that situation. It has no hold on me. Death, where is your sting? Where is it? You don't have a hold on me. Sickness, you can't hold me because of what Jesus has done. And God took what Jesus did and he made me a new creation. Okay? Uh, do, 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 do. Where are we? Okay. Yet in the midst we triumph over them. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That if you ever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I sound like a broken record again. doesn't say, yes, it's 100% correct. You are going to heaven. If you, your, your physical temple stops fu functioning on this earth, your spirit man will go to heaven. But it doesn't say, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that who should ever believe in him should not go to hell, but go to heaven. It says they will have eternal life. And because they have eternal life, which they can operate in on the earth, they are qualified to go to heaven. Okay? It's the eternal life that's key, not heaven. Don't focus on heaven. I want to get to heaven. Eternal life. Because, Lord, just take me home. Well, that's, that's a defeatist mentality. In the midst of your biggest turmoil, you can have the victory if you tap into that eternal life that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's His love that has made it available to us. Wrap your head around that. It's your, His love for you that has made it available. His love for you made victory available. His love for you made peace available. His love for you made healing available. His love for you made prosperity available. Because He loved you so much. I, I think I've said it once, and it bears repeating. What kind of God do we serve? And, and we, all Christians will tell you. doesn't matter what their religion is. doesn't matter how religious they are. God is all-powerful. God is omnipotent. They'll even go into the Hebrew words and explain how powerful this God is. That at His word, things will just change like that. He's got all this power, and then He leaves us on earth, calls us His children. And, and I mean, most of us in miracle ministries have had children or know people that have got children. Some of you have already got grandchildren. You know the love that you have for your children, that you'll use every resource that you have to better their life. You know, you stop living for yourself, you start living for your children. Now, what kind of God do you serve? What, Jesus even said, he said, you who are evil know how to good, give good gifts unto your children. When they come to you and they ask for bread, are you going to give them a stone? He says, how much more your heavenly father? How much, your heavenly father, he loves you. And he's made this available to us, but we've got to stay in that love. We've got to acknowledge that it's his love that has made it available to us. Right. Um, well, let me, let me finish my, my train of thought there. So, so the God that's omnipotent, omnipowerful, and then he's just going to leave us here to suffer. No, he's made a way for us to walk in victory in every situation. Yes, <laughs> the enemy is going to come. He's still on loose until he gets, gets locked up in hell and chained up in hell. So he's still roaming around. And God is well aware of it. And 
but he's given us the victory. So no matter what the enemy does, it doesn't matter what happens in our country. It doesn't matter what's happening in the realm of politics. We have the victory. We're more than conquerors. We don't have to be scared. You know, I spoke to someone, it's a South African now, staying in the UK, and he, he mentioned, you it's, it's quite something to see that Zuma was sentenced to 15 months in, in jail. And then he said to me, but, you know, it, it possibly could lead to... Uh, to the point of a civil war in South Africa, and then what's going to happen? No, like, no, that's not going to happen, even if it does happen, but it, I don't, it's not going to get there. Yes, we might not be happy with the outcome, but you know what? It's, it's never going to get there. But um, it doesn't affect us as Christians. You know, even if things get to the worst, that, that worse than we ever imagined, it doesn't affect us. We still walk in that victory. You know, there's the gospel doesn't depend on the country you were born in. Just because we live in Africa, dark Africa, where there's so much poverty, so much sickness, and the helpless Africans that can't do anything for themselves, and they need all the help from the UN and the world and America, and we've got to go to Europe and beg for money. No, no, no. no we're the body of Christ in Africa. We're not the helpless Africans. The gospel doesn't just, the gospel of prosperity is not just for the people in America. Well, if you're in America, you can have the prosperity, but it doesn't apply to you in Africa because you're too poor. No, it's ours. We can have the same results that they have in America. The same results, we can have it. So, let's carry on. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe, there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Now, don't just think, oh, yes, nothing can separate me. He's going to love me no matter what I go through. No. Remember, with his love, he made something available to you. And that love, you can't be taken from that love. You know, that, that love almost becomes the, the host pipe that everything gets made available to you. And that what, as you stay in that love, everything that you have available is there for you. Everything you have. And there's nothing that can take that host pipe out of your life. It, it, you know, it's like the umbilical cord that a baby has. It feeds from its mother. And as long as it's got that umbilical cord, it gets food from its mother. And that love of God is almost the umbilical cord that feeds us our prosperity and feeds us our, our victory and makes us victorious. And nothing can take it away from us. There's no force on earth. It's no devil, no, no witch doctor, no curse, no nothing that anybody can do. What Satan, he, Satan himself can't even take that love away from you. And as long as you stay in the love. Yes, he tries to, he, he can't take the love from you. But he can get you to think in such a way that you walk away from that love. That's the only way you can do it. It's, you have to make a decision. He can't take it from you. He can't steal it from you. Yes, he might affect things. He might have taken stuff from your life. He might have attacked your finances and things like that. But as long as you stay in that love, you know what? Whatever you lost, you'll get more. You'll get double for your trouble. You'll get more than double for your trouble. You'll get restored greater things. And you'll, as long as you keep in God's love, and don't question his love. Lord, where are you? I don't know. He doesn't love me anymore. Don't think like that. That's, that's the enemy bringing those thoughts. So let's read it again. So now I live with the confidence. Notice that word confidence. I have this confidence. It's not I'm, yes, I'm hoping. I have this hope that there is nothing in the universe. He says I have this confidence. And, and you know, people with confidence often come across arrogant. And, and some people it's intentional and they're just arrogant idiots. But 
often confidence comes across as arrogance. And I'm almost certain that Paul <laughs> came across a little bit arrogant in certain situations when he spoke to people and stuff. Because he had, but he had this confidence. He was so confident. You know, he was so um, grounded in his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it built a confidence in him. And, and Yari talks about that confidence. He says, I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death. Life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. His love is not diluted because it's been two and a half thousand years since the cross. And now God's running out of love, so now he's watering it down. It doesn't work that way. His love's not weakened towards us. It, as a matter of fact, the more you, you, you acknowledge that love, the more you grow in it, the more of it you receive. It's, it's like an inexhaustible resource. You know, if you go to the sea and you draw water out the sea, and you, then you go to a dam and you draw water out a dam, you're going to empty that dam. But let me tell you, but you are not going to empty the sea. Okay? You, 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 it's just not going to happen. Okay? And that's God's love, you know. Um, Paul says it, you know, that we can, that we get to know the length, breadth, height, and depth of the love of God, you know. And I know we sing a Sunday school song, it's so oh, you can't get over it. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the expanse of God's love. And what does he say? That we know the expanse or the dimensions of God's love, how big it is towards us, the, the hearts that it reads, the depths that it goes. The, the, how wide it reaches for us to keep us and to protect us. How hard we'll go to make sure we overcome us. How deep uh, and into whatever it needs to dig into to get us out of that pit of, of, of destruction. His love will go there for you. He, you know, he'll do anything to keep you in his perfect peace. But you've got to acknowledge it, especially as a Christian. You know, God deals differently. With, un, with, with people who are not born again than what he deals with Christians. And, and let me tell you something else. You should be growing in this. And God expects you to grow in this. And God expects our lives to go forward. And God expects our knowledge to increase and our faith to increase. And he allows our faith to be tried. But he wants that faith to be tried, that it comes out pure as gold on the other side. And it's more valuable to you than money, than your house, than your car, is that faith. Because... The more you exercise it, the more you put it to work, it builds you up and it creates this confidence. And you know, to live in the times that we live in, and, and Jason's mentioned it and many people have mentioned it, and there has been a falling away, but it's people who've never exercised their faith. It's, and, and now they're so easily overcome. But if you keep exercising your faith, it doesn't matter how bad it gets, you'll always have that confidence like Paul that there's no power that can separate you from God's love. There's no power that can separate you from the victory that you have in that love. There's no power that can separate you from the prosperity that you have in that love. There's no sickness, disease, whether it's man-made, made in a lab, um, whether it's in a vaccine that's that gonna <laughs> anyway mutate and what it doesn't matter. Nothing's gonna separate you from from that. And, Guys, that's what you've got to keep in mind tonight, and that's what I want to leave with you. So we, we've gone from, we've studied from death to life. Um, what did we do this morning? I keep forgetting it. From slaves to, ki from slaves to kings. 
and from victim to victor. And it's important. You've got to know who you are. And uh, I don't know if we'll touch on more next week, but there is a lot more to, to go through. And, and, and learning the Bible about who you are through the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and that grace that is made available to you. And uh, go study it out. Like I said this morning, study it out in scriptures where you can cross-reference and you can go back. A lot of them will take you to the Psalms. Some of them will take you to the prophets. Some of it will, will guide you in the New Testament. But it's good to read the Bible like that. Don't read the Bible like a newspaper. That's not how it's meant to be read. It's meant to be read and studied almost like a textbook. Where you go back and you reference this and bring it into context with this. That's how the Bible's meant to be read and to be studied. And that's how you get a better understanding of what's in the Word of God. And if you just want to read the Bible, so I've read a Bible in the year, go for it. It's not going to do you any harm. But I want to read the Bible so I get a better understanding of what God has done for me. Get a better revelation of His love for me. Understand who I am in Christ Jesus and who He is in me. And then I know my life will go forward and will be a success because of what He has made available to me. So guys, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you this evening that we are no longer victims, but we are victors through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors. And Lord, like Paul, we have this confidence that there's no power in the universe that can separate us from the love of God. There's no fallen angels. There's no governments. There's no rule of authority that can separate us from that love, that can take us out of what we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you for it. And we give you the praise and we give you the glory for it. And we honor you for it, Lord. And, and Lord, because you loved us so much that you sent your Son, that we can now love you and call you Father and you call us sons or your children. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget uh, Bible study, Wednesday, 7 o'clock in the evening. Prayer meeting, Saturday, 7 o'clock in the morning. We've made it a bit later. Seeing we're in a harder lockdown. You've got nowhere to go. And then next Sunday morning, we'll be streaming again at 10 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the evening. Guys, have a fantastic week. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye.